Welcome to the Making It Podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Miles, and on this show, we interview guests about their journey of making their dreams a reality. We talk about everything from self-awareness to building a confidence in yourself and to take action so that you can make your dreams a reality. Great. Welcome to the Making It Podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Miles, and today I have Tracy. She is a keynote speaker, a best-selling author, a cancer survivor, a mother of, is it three or four kids? Four. Four kids. She's an entrepreneur. She does it all. I don't know how you're doing this in quarantine, above all means. Like, how are you? How's it going? Good. Doing good. Well, you know, it it helps to have a husband. (laughs) Who helps out? I'm sure. As so, four kids. Is it one one of each, or how many of what? Yeah. So two girls and two boys. The okay. the girls are older and the boys are younger. Okay. And then my um my oldest just got married, and uh, so she's out in California right now. Her husband is a marine. Oh. And then, so really, we just have three at home right now. Okay. But yes, I have four kids. Okay, right on. <laughs> and how is it? How is the dynamic? Are the girls like good to the younger brothers? Are they, do they kind of bicker? Is it all across the board? Oh my goodness. It doesn't seem like it matters if you have a boy or a girl or this or that or close in age or, or, or not close in age. Yeah. You know, my girls are only a year apart. Yeah. And so when it came to friends, boys, clothes. I mean, there seemed like there was so much competition. (laughs) And the thing is, is they're so different. And so it's like, y'all are so different. Like you don't even need to, you don't act alike. I mean, one's blonde, one's brunette. I mean, so different, Mm -hmm. but I get it. Right. I have three older sisters and, Mm. and I'm the baby. So I kind of get that. Um, but the boys, the boys don't really get along. Although baby brother wants to be just like big brother, Mm -hmm. but big brother finds that annoying. (laughs) Um, but older sister uh, loves and adores little brother, you know, Mm. because there's such an age gap that she helped like change diapers. You know what I mean? So she's kind of like his little baby. So it's just neat to see the dynamic. And then my second oldest uh, girl, she's just like, forget it all. I don't need siblings. Mm -hmm. I'm just good. (laughs) They're all all so different. That's awesome. I have a a younger sister. She's almost seven years younger than me. So growing up, like I was very protective, I guess, of her. And so we never went through the stages. It wasn't until we hit our twenties until we actually started bickering. Because then now we want somewhat of the same thing. But like you said, right, like uh, we were such a big age gap that when I was 17 and she was 10, we didn't want the same thing. So we never stepped over each other's toes. We were, you couldn't date her friends, right? It's just uh, too much no. of a gap. <laughs> now, but I'm already taken. But yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So it's, it's just neat. And, and I'm a new parent. I'm a parent for the last uh, just year. I'm a stepfather to a 10-year-old. And she's very similar to me. She's her birthday is a day after mine, obviously different year. Um, but, uh, I'm May 5th, which is coming up and hers is May 6th. And it's funny the things that she does now as a kid, I used to do as a kid and I find it so deja vu, so weird. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah. You totally get her. And I, I was just soft stalking you. And I don't remember where. Because, you know, when I become friends with someone, I go and, you know, you want to see a little bit about who they are. Of course. Um, but I saw you, I think, in a photo with her and you guys are Taurus. Mm-hmm. So am I. I'm a Taurus as well. And so is my husband. That's why we get along so well. Okay, I see. That makes sense now. Uh-huh. That's what I thought too. I'm like, okay, that's why we could just chat about whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, obviously uh, – People listening right now, give them a little background of yourself, a little intro to who you are. I, I give a very high level at some of the key words of who you are, but let's get into this, some of the details and, and why you're here today. Oh man, that's so big. Um, are we talking the cancer story? Is that where we're going or just? What do you, do you feel like talking about your journey? And that could be obviously through uh, fighting cancer. We talked about this before, uh, mm-hmm. before uh, on the phone call a couple of weeks ago. And, but yeah, I, I'd love to dive in deep and in, into kind of how you went through that process and what was that process like? And obviously it's a crazy challenge, a crazy battle that you fought and won. And that's an amazing story. So yeah, let, let's touch on that. And then I also let, want to get to the book because I'm sure okay. it talks a lot about that, but um, other things. But yeah, we can kick off with the, the cancer. Yeah, and story. interrupt at any time. And just if you want to expand, let me know. Okay. So when I was 18, I was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer. Mm. Um, 
but I was also married and I had a 10 month old daughter and I was six months pregnant. So that kind of just took an already difficult, you know, situation because osteosarcoma is, is, um, it's a hard cancer and a lot of people lose their limbs mm. to it. Thankfully I did not, I was able to keep my leg. So an already tough cancer. And then we throw being six months pregnant, mm. it just made it a very difficult, um, case to treat. And so my oncologist actually, um, advised me to terminate my pregnancy. And I told him that I was not going to do it. They actually wanted to ship me to a different state because here in Texas, you couldn't terminate at that time. Um, and I said, no, you know what? <clears throat> this is how young I, and, and the lack of knowledge of cancer that I really had. I was like, let's just wait until I have my baby. She'll be healthy. Then I'll do chemo. and We can deal with this cancer thing, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then we'll deal with it. <clears throat> and he was like, oh, yeah, no. You can't do that. You have high-grade osteosarcoma, which just means if it's left untreated, that it can spread and grow fairly quickly. So mm. waiting three months to treat it could be the difference of um, saving my leg or losing my leg or mm. saving my life and losing my life. You know, and that's just that. So he's like, we can't take that risk. And as a mom, it's like, and you could talk to your girlfriend about this. You know, we there's like this instinct that's like, I don't care what happens to me. I need to save this baby. And it just kind of kicked in. Mm-hmm. But then after speaking with my mom about it, she's like, you know, I get that, Tracy, but you also have a 10-month-old daughter that you need to think about and you need to be here to raise her. So I decided, I told my doctor, I said, look, termination is not an option. Can we come up with another plan? And he's like, yeah, if you just wait till your second trimester, or no, your third trimester to start chemo, um, your baby, we can't give you any guarantees as if she'll survive or, or, you know, if she'll have complications, but there's a really good chance that she'll be okay. Because at that point, babies are, um, they're pretty much fully developed. It's just Mm. putting some meat on their bones in that third trimester. So everything was already developed. The chemo wouldn't have hurt it. Um, And so I said, okay, um, I can wait till my third trimester. We'll start chemo. And that was a plan. I felt comfortable with that. The thing is, is I think when I talk about it, that was only three weeks away. And I Mm. thought, maybe that could have been like the initial plan, you know, but it wasn't. It was a second plan. And I said, okay, I'll do that waited a three-week period, and then I was scheduled to be uh, admitted into MD Anderson on 9-11-01. I was like on my way, and then <clears throat> all this stuff is going on, and we see it on the news, and they're like, you cannot come in. You know, there was so much uncertainty, right, <clears throat> around everything. And um, it was just there, you know, our country was preparing to go to war. Mm-hmm. And then everyone is glued to their TV screens, and I too was preparing to go to war to the, for the biggest battle of my life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> um, and so they're like, okay, you can't come in today. Let's just come in tomorrow. So I, I went on the 12th, was admitted, did chemo, came home, uh, threw up for the first time. And my husband at the time, I left. I don't know what it was. He just, he couldn't handle it. And I don't really want to get into that. I, I don't hold any like hard feelings. I'm not mm-hmm. bitter about it. I've moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did just think, you know, if you can't be here with me for the worst, you don't get me at my best. And so I did mm-hmm. file for a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, going through, going through that at such a, such a young age, being pregnant, husband leaving, it mm-hmm. was hard. It mm-hmm. was, it was the hardest thing I have ever had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, you know, the thing I didn't know about chemo is I did my first round of chemo and I'm like, why is everyone freaking out about this cancer thing? It's not a big deal. I felt fine. Yeah. I had some symptoms like, you know, throwing up or, you know, things like that from the chemo and stuff, but I felt overall fine. What I didn't know is with each round of chemo and as a stack, I started to have more complications. So like mouth sores, but so painful that I couldn't eat or drink. And so I lost a lot of weight. I would be, become dehydrated and then mm-hmm. land back at MD Anderson's ER. Um, I became addicted to my pain meds just because of the surgery and then everything I was mentally and emotionally dealing with. I just, the pain meds made me feel better. Yeah. Uh, one morning I woke up and my motor skills were completely gone. Mm. And that was so scary because my, my complications from chemo, they were really starting to stack kidneys and, and blood pressure and just all kinds of stuff. And, you know, there I was at MD Anderson's ER again, and a neurologist came in and he's showing me those flashcards that we show our toddlers 
of mm. like shapes and objects and houses and birds and you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like a grown woman and he's like, do you know what this is? And I'm like, you idiot. I'm thinking, yeah. you idiot. Of course I know what that is. But I couldn't like tell him because I couldn't, I couldn't speak. And so oh. obviously he came up with a way to, I was, I started kind of nodding, you know, yes, no, if I was, if I was, he was correct or, um, and it was, I was overdosed on chemo mm. and they just had to give me some medication, but that was scary. Cause I just didn't know, is this, is this the new me, mm. you know, is this going to be the new Tracy? Um, and so that was pretty scary. So I just went through so much at such a young age. Um, mm. and it was very traumatizing and very mm. life altering absolutely the hardest struggle I've ever gone through. Um, and my parents got to the point where they started telling me, Tracy, you need to share your story. Mm. And I'm like, uh, a lot e- that's easier said than done. And it's so easy when it's not your story, right? To look at someone and be like, you should tell your story. <laughs> and, but you know, what I failed to recognize was because my husband left, my parents took care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was their story from a different perspective. Of course. But it was also their story. Um, and my dad would always say, you know, your story is going to help so many people. You should, you should share it. And I'm just like rolling my eyes because it was just so traumatizing. I mean, think mm-hmm. about that the hardest thing you've ever gone through. I think we all have our cancer, you know, Mm -hmm. and then right afterwards being told you should talk about it. So I think there was just some healing that needed to take place. Um, A little bit of distance Mm -hmm. needed to take place between me and, and cancer. But I did, I slowly started to share um, bits and pieces of it. And as I would do that, I really started to feel better. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it is true. You know, when we talk about the hard things, that uh, they no longer control us, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about it. Because I think through talking about it, so much healing mm-hmm. takes place and happens. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just my story um, in a nutshell. But I did remarry a year later. <laughs> I, I um, met my husband through church. And after four weeks of dating, he proposed. Wow. Yeah. And then we were married three weeks later. No, not three weeks. Three months later. Love that um, first sight, eh? <laughs> it was, it yeah. was. And uh, we've been married for 16 years. Congratulations. And we added, yeah. Thank you. We added two more boys to the family. Wow. And he adopted my girls. Wow. So, big That's story. Incredible. <laughs> no, it is. You know, it's funny. Like, as you're explaining the story, you the things you said, especially near the end, like when you think about your toughest challenge, I was thinking that. I was thinking about my, as you said, cancer story what I learned from it. And then you also said, and when you started talking about it, how did you feel? And, and I, again, I, I was, you took the words right out of my mouth, like, oh, how did you feel about that? And it's amazing the, pow- the power of when you talk about things mm-hmm. and when you talk about things and especially traumas, right? My trauma is not as severe as yours. Mine's just a bad relationship, but it really shook me up to the point where I wasn't even Kyler anymore myself. And I had to kind of rebuild and, and re-look for who I was. But in the end, talking about it, I learned so much out of it. So, you know, was this kind of a spark for you to write this book? Was it for to talk about your uh, cancer story? Or um, like, how do you go about actually sharing the story, just telling people one-on-one? Yeah, it was mainly, so my cancer story is only chapter one in the book. Although my cancer story is so big that it could be its own book. Um, but I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to share it. So it's in one chapter. My book is all about like all the different struggles I've been through. So each chapter is um, a different struggle. And then maybe with like some tips or a different uh, way of thinking or looking or perspective. But then in chapter two, I have um, kind of like my transition Mm-hmm. from cancer and then how, because I've gone through so many struggles, mm-hmm. I realized no matter how good of a person you are or what your bank statement looks like or any of that, everyone's going to have struggles. Different, of course, but my thing is, is you're either in a struggle, getting out of one or headed towards one. And yeah, if you're, when you're getting out of one, you're really headed towards another one. And that could be three months, right? Mm-hmm. That could be four weeks, but we're always headed towards something. Um, and so that was what I wanted my book to be about. I didn't want to just share, you know, these cute little stories and, and inspire people and be like, Oh, that was so inspiring. It was important to me to share the story 
um, but then give tips and mm -hmm. and perspective and um, things that I learned mm -hmm. to really give those tangible you know nuggets and stuff that they could apply that the reader could apply to their life as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I have those if you want to go over them. Yeah, I was going to ask like you know what came to my mind when you're talking about it was that. What I've been finding since uh, starting this podcast and interviewing different guests is that fear and judgment seem to come up a lot, right? And fear, as when you said that, that fear of failure, that challenge that, you, oh, I don't want to do that. Mine was, I was afraid I would look stupid. And so I didn't go for things to, to make sure that I would never would fail and look bad. And how, how have you found that you went through so many struggles, as you said, right? Mm -hmm. um, with the cancer story, with uh, being keynote speaker, speaking, and all these different things, how many times you actually failed helped you develop those skills, develop those traits to be the person you are today? Like, how do yeah. you feel? I, I don't know if your uh, your book Up Struggle talks about that, but I've been finding that. And that's what kind of popped in my head when you're speaking was that fear of, of fail, failing, as in like you're a loser. You're, you, you know, what I mean and. And yeah. um, that seems to come up almost every episode. Well, a few things is I used to be afraid of making the wrong choice because when I was a teen, I made so many poor choices that when I married a guy who just seemed to, on paper, Eagle Scout, served a two-year mission for our church, I mean, never touched alcohol, version till we got married, just seemed like, you know, I always leaned on him. Mm -hmm. Let's just let the husband make the decisions because mm -hmm. he's got a history of making good choices. And so I did have the fear of making my own decisions and always turning to him. I, I got over that. I also had a fear of sharing my story. My, I mean, we haven't touched on so many things yet. And I was, I was afraid on social media that if I shared these things, people would judge me and all this. Well, think mm -hmm. newsflash, they are going to, mm -hmm. people are absolutely going to. Um, but for four years, I shared things of my past. I shared my cancer story. I shared current struggles I was going through. And so I kind of just, I got used to it. Mm. I got used to sharing it. Mm -hmm. um, but the reward far outweighed the people judging me or mm -hmm. whatever. <clears throat> and, and honestly, I don't pay attention to that. So I couldn't even give you one name of who, who does because mm. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but the reward of getting messages in my inbox or text messages saying, or just commenting on my posts, I needed this today. Mm. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, you have no idea how much you have changed my life. You have mm. no idea how much you've helped me with struggle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was like, and yeah, I would have to type up my little post, hit send <laughs> or post. And then I would just like shut my computer or turn off my phone. And I would like, and it was, it was, but yeah. the more you do something right, the better mm -hmm. you get. Um, and so that just helped me get over it. And as far as failure goes, I, and I didn't always know this, I think people who are doing things like writing a book or a podcast or doing those, we mm -hmm. fail way more than we succeed, but it, we have yeah. to, you have to, you, you mm. know, go through those things. People don't see it though all the time. You know, they mm. don't see that you wanted a promotion and you got told no, mm. you know what I mean? Like how often do people share mm. that stuff? Um, but it's a huge part of the journey for sure. If, if doing anything, I think great. Mm. You know, um, I was just telling another lady, I was like, oh, I get told no for podcasts or I get um, ignored. I will, I mean, I can be, people will completely ignore me. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. You, you, you think everybody tells me yes? They mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. They don't. Now, the thing is, I think what makes two, that you've got two kinds of people tell me no mm -hmm. and watch me, right? Mm -hmm. Watch me. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of person I am. So when someone tells me no, that just gives me energy and fuel to be like, mm -hmm. oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now watch me do the thing, right? Yeah. Kind of like with my <laughs> cancer um, <clears throat> that, you know, I, I kind of felt like my doctor was putting, was placing his limitations on me about my pregnancy. You need to terminate. And I was like, no. And I do, I do have this kind of this twisted need that when people tell me no, or I tell me I can't, or that I shouldn't, I'm like, Oh, wrong move, dude. <laughs> wrong mood because now I'm going to. Mm -hmm. Now I'm at, and my husband knows that. He's like, I don't tell you what you can and can't do. <laughs> you're Smart, man. Do Smart man. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, <laughs> you make me laugh. It's so true though. Like and why I bring it up and why it's popping in my head so much is because so many aspects of my life I didn't do things because of fear judgment 
and fear of failure. Mm -hmm. And you just, you, you, you hit the nail on the head because you said like, how many times have, you, you know, you just shared that you got divorced, you went through cancer, like all these huge things that are very personal and you're sharing it and, and the power that you have from it. And that's kind of like what I want other people to do. Share your insecurities, share that, you know, I had troubles reading as a kid and I got bullied because of it and it affected me into my adult life. But now I, I'm taking charge of that. I'm, I'm moving forward and I'm, you know, I'm going to be a, a, an amazing podcaster or a public speaker or this. And, and to your point, I'm going to write a book because someone said, oh, you can't write a book. And you're just like, no, I can't. Right. And girl power. And hell yeah. To you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So love I, it. I love that. And so maybe some questions in Upstruggle you talked about tips, right? So obviously mm -hmm. we all come against struggles in life challenges. And that's the big thing here. Other than telling stories, I also want people to walk away with some, you know, tangible actions they can take to help overcome those struggles because they maybe haven't gone through it before um, or they have, but they don't know how to deal with it. So is there anything you want to touch on in your book around yeah, that kind of absolutely. topic? And you know, when you were speaking there, I really think there's only two kinds of people when it comes to struggles. One, we use them um, as growth opportunities, right? We use them to learn from, we use, we use, we use them. But then the other kind of people are, they get used by their struggle. Um, and they become a victim. And so for me, I, I having this don't tell me what to do attitude, realizing that I was letting my struggles use me, I was like, whoa, we can't have that. Tracy doesn't do that. So then it was like, okay, so if I don't want to be used by my struggles, how can I use my struggles, right? Um, and so I, through reflection of my struggles, through just doing a little bit of research on struggles, and then I'll be honest, through watching my loved, some of my loved ones go through struggles, I was able to really come up with, I discovered that there were three universal struggles that everybody, everybody will experience. And I'll share those with you. So the first one I call self, means self-inflicted pain by one's own actions. Now, when I was younger, that was a lot of my struggles, right? It was, it was um, a lot of my choices. I brought my struggles on and a lot of people don't want to admit that. That's, that can be hard, right? That can be hard to look in the mirror and be like, oh, mm, I brought this on, right? Mm -hmm. And then the second one I call others meaning pain inflicted on you through the actions of others. Um, now, I do think that oftentimes this is where we want to place our struggles, but I don't believe they belong there. And if we think they belong there, then I believe the question becomes, why are you hanging out with people who cause you so much pain, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's a choice. That is a mm -hmm. choice that we're making. So really, it falls back in self. We mm -hmm. are allowing it mm -hmm. that, you know, so it's self. Um, but I mean, there are things, right? Like um, a husband cheating or a drunk driver getting behind the wheel and killing a loved one. There are things that, you know, based on other people's actions, being bullied or um, it, it, it affects us and they can mm -hmm. cause us pain. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to dismiss that. That is a real thing. It really mm -hmm. does happen. Um, and then the third one I call life, meaning pain inflicted on you at no one's fault, um, like my cancer. There was nothing that I did to bring that on. I'm from Houston, Texas. So like Hurricane Harvey, we didn't bring on the hurricane. Um, you know, there's just certain things that, that it, nobody's choices, you know, mm -hmm. yours or someone else's. It, it just is part of life. And so those are the three categories that, that I noticed and I discovered, wait a minute, that everybody experiences struggles from those three categories. Now I do think when it comes to self and others, we do have, we do have control mm -hmm. um, to some extent. Well, one ourself, you have all control on that, but with others, again, you, you know, you some control you do and some you don't. So then I just came up with three very simple questions to help me figure out which one I'm dealing with. Um, did I bring this upon myself? That, that just a simple, basic question. It takes some humility mm -hmm. to ask that one. Mm -hmm. Did I bring this upon myself and not point the finger? But if so, what can I do differently to avoid it in the future? Now, I'm not a believer in avoiding struggles um, because we can't, but I'm a believer in avoiding the ones that repeat. You know, we all know that person, whether it's us or a friend who it's like the same struggle. They always date the bad boy and then they complain. Why do I always date the bad boys? 
your friend <laughs> do you attract them and then you're dating them you mm -hmm. know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like those repeated struggles mm -hmm. um we, those are avoidable we don't mm -hmm. have to bring on unnecessary pain mm -hmm. and then the second one is did someone else bring this upon me and if so what can i do differently and oftentimes i have found that there's three things needed one, put a little bit of space between you and that person, right? Loving from a distance is mm -hmm. totally okay. Um, having a conversation with them about what is and isn't acceptable in your life mm. and then setting clearer boundaries because oftentimes we get mad at people who step over a boundary mm. that they didn't even know was a boundary to begin with. Mm. I mean, we think, right, common sense says, well, obviously that's a boundary but that person may not know, mm -hmm. you know? So just be better at setting them and then mm -hmm. communicating our boundaries. Um, and then the third one, you just got to roll with the punches. If you answer no to self and others, those two questions, obviously your struggle probably falls under life, mm -hmm. but we don't have control over those ones, mm -hmm. but we can control the controllables, which would be how we react to them. And then our beliefs about struggles. Mm -hmm. So that is something I discovered through my own reflection, a little bit of research, and then seeing my loved ones struggle, that everybody, regardless of who they are, will have struggles from those three categories. Mm. And then I have seven, I feel like they're very simple reminders, and I call them reminders. I know I could have called them anything, but I mm. like to call them reminders because when I am struggling, these are things that I remind myself of to help me get through it, and I'll share those with you. The first one, you are not meant to go through this alone. So who are you leaning on that is helping you get through it? Mm -hmm. Be it a, a spouse or a partner or God or a therapist or a friend, whoever, um, as long as it's somebody that we trust, we can lean on them. I mean, I'm not saying go plaster your dirty laundry all over social media because that's not cute. And there is a way to share the struggles and the hard things. But anyone we trust is someone we can lean on. But I have found that oftentimes people don't want to burden right mm. other people they're busy or we feel like we're a burden if we share our struggle but what i have found is like for me when somebody comes to me because I, I get the messages all the time of people and you know this is what i'm going through or your book said this but what do you think about this um and um it makes me feel really good when these people come and confide in me and i'm like oh my gosh you trust me enough mm -hmm. to either just be an ear or a shoulder to cry on, or you're asking me for advice. Mm -hmm. And I think, and it makes me feel really good and stuff. And, and that I get to be a blessing to somebody. And mm -hmm. so when I don't do that, I am robbing people of blessings. I am mm -hmm. robbing people of feeling good. Mm -hmm. And I, I really do think a lot of times we, people don't, they don't feel like that. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they just, they don't mind helping. Mm -hmm. um, so who are you leaning on? And that's something I remind myself. I went through a, um, a pretty big struggle in January. I had uh, a cyst. I, uh, my body likes to make cysts and tumors. It just does. <laughs> and um, they told me it was a complex cyst. Complex means it could be cancer. We're not sure, right? That's just a different way of saying it. Mm -hmm. And um, that was really, really hard. I had found out about this stuff when my husband was out of town. Wasn't good reception. And I remember thinking, who am I leaning on? Oh, me, myself, and I. That's who I'm leaning on right now, <laughs> you know? But I almost had to just process it a little bit mm -hmm. before I could bring anyone into my story, before mm -hmm. I could bring anyone into that, how to process it. And by the way, that, that turned out to just be a borderline tumor. Surgery fixed it, no chemo radiation needed. But that was a hard, Good. That was a hard struggle that I had just gone through a few yeah. months ago. And like you said, it's out of your control, right? Those things that are environmental or, you know, outside, you cannot control how that happens, right? Yeah. And, and the steps you took, you just, you just did it. You, you looked at yourself, okay, you know, me, myself, and I, and you're taking ownership. Okay, now I'm going to make an action plan, what I need to do to get rid of this, right? And from anything from the coronavirus to what you had, you can apply the, I find that you just saying it, it, it makes so much sense. You can apply it and realize it and remind yourself of it, that you can get through this. Yep. You know, Absolutely. That's, and that's, so cool. that's actually one of my reminders. Um, but number two is do something right now to lift your spirit. I think oftentimes when we're struggling and I, I think, I don't, I don't know if men deal with it a little bit differently, but as, as women, I think that we just, we can get, you know, in a funk or we don't want to get out of bed. You know, we just kind of like, 
Um, and so for me, doing things like listening to music or exercising, or um, I love listening to podcasts, which is why I do them, um, because there's just some really good podcasts and um, books. I love reading personal development books. And I know what makes you feel different or what makes you feel better. It may be different for me, but I think it's really important that when we're struggling, to, even if it's just one thing, you know, and then the next day do two things and add to it or something just do something that you know will lift your spirit. I think that that is so important um, when we're not feeling good. For me, a simple shower, you know, a clean house, shower, yeah. make the bed. Every yeah. morning I make my bed. Okay, I'm probably about a 95 percenter mm -hmm. because making my bed makes, it just starts my day off. Good. Yeah. You, you know? figure out what works for you, right? Someone, mm -hmm. someone on the podcast, it's funny that you said, take a shower, listen to music. And they were talking about a similar topic, right? Like um, struggles and challenges. They said, sing in the shower. They said, have oh, you ever yeah. sang in the shower sad? Or even if it's a sad song, like you normally have this weird kind of feeling afterwards. And, and I was laughing. I was like, it's so funny, but it's so true. Like when you actually think about it, like, you know, we all done it. I, I was, mm -hmm. we've all like, you know, before uh, going out to dinner or something, you're getting pumped up. You're either putting on your makeup or doing your hair for me, combing my beard. It, it yep. whatever you do, you're have the music blaring, you're getting yourself pumped. Right. Yep. Oh, I, yep. It, it's so cool that you said that it's, it's, it really does work. <laughs> It does. Awesome. And my husband and I were watching The Voice. We love The Voice. Oh my gosh, those four coaches, their dynamic is amazing. And I look over at my husband, I'm like, did you know I can sing? He's like, what? No, you can't. I'm like, when I'm in the shower, I sound good. And he starts laughing. I'm like, but we do. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know anything about music. But when I am singing in the shower, I get pumped and excited because I'm like, man, I sound good. And then I try to sing like doing dishes. I'm like, yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sing in the shower because yeah. you will sound so yeah. good in the shower. Um, and then number three is this is for you, not against you if you choose. So lean in and search for the lesson it has to offer. I believe every struggle that we have, no matter how big mm -hmm. or how small, mm. there is some sort of lesson that we can learn. Um, sometimes there's multiple lessons, right? Sometimes there's life changing lessons that we can learn. And sometimes there's just a little and that's, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I believe that we have to place pride and ego aside so that mm. we are primed so that mm. we are primed to learn the lesson that we need to learn. And I do believe that deep down inside, we pretty much all know mm -hmm. the lessons we need to learn. Cause I think we all know ourselves well, you mm -hmm. know, maybe I mm -hmm. should uh, think before I speak, you know what I mean? And so had to learn that one the hard way too. It's so, hard. Um, I'm still learning that. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it is. It is. But I, I, for me on that one, I realized that when I spoke before I thought, or I spoke out of anger and spoke um, mm -hmm. e from emotion and stuff in, in a bad way, mm -hmm. um, that I always regretted it and I hated it and I was embarrassed. So I, I started to say, okay, you know, cause that was just my natural, just speak or just, you're not going to treat me that way kind of mm. attitude, you know, but now I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit on it. I'm going to let my emotions calm down. Mm. I'm going to think through this. Then I'm going to respond yeah. because when I do it that way, yeah. I never regret, I never regret what I say mm. and I'm not embarrassed. So do you like, let's say you're in an argument with your husband, do you walk away to cool down and then come back and have a conversation or you just take a moment to breathe and then like go through it? What, what would you? So, so it just depends. So I will um, just put it out there. My husband and I don't fight. We, we don't yell at each other. I do get attitude and tone. I do sometimes, you know, I'll get a little bit all, of attitude. We're all human. <laughs> but he does find that sexy. That was one thing he was attracted about me was I'm, I'm sassy. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I can have some attitude, but we don't fight. We don't scream at each other or, any, or anything like that. Um, and so when we first got married, I was not a talker. I'm like, I'm mad at or I'm upset with you or you annoyed me. Leave me alone for a few hours and I'll be okay. But then I didn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I, I just let me calm down. I'll be okay. He is different. He wants to communicate. He wants to talk. He is a talker. So in the moment, he wanted to resolve it right away. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, when you first get married, you're trying to figure each other out and learn each other. We had to realize um, that I was like, okay, he wants to talk about it. I need a little bit of space. So now, I mean, after 16 years, right? Um, it's a little bit different, just, yeah. it's, it's different. We figured each other out. But now we just, we do. We just talk about it. And sometimes I might get a little attitude with him. Um, 
but we, we always like to resolve stuff. Mm -hmm. We've just, we've come so far in our communication and we Mm -hmm. really do like to, um, resolve it. And you know, oftentimes though, we end up laughing. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when you can't resolve something, I think it's because you're letting pride and ego lead, Yeah, right? Lead with it. No, I'm right. And I'm not going to let her and all, yeah. all these things. And I think it's so important in a marriage yeah. that you've got to put pride and ego aside. I, I do. I, th- you know, you couldn't have said it better because my girlfriend and I are the same dy- dynamic, right? Like she, when we first started dating, we were in long distance for a year. So we had to develop communication and we're the same we don't believe in like yelling because there's no point that you don't get a message across yelling right Mm -hmm. so whenever we get upset or something like that like we had to learn over the phone how to communicate and she was the same thing like I'm gonna call you tomorrow and we'll and we won't talk about it and I'm similar to your husband where I wanted to resolve right away we had to find a happy medium we had to say Mm -hmm. okay let's both cool off and come back but we're gonna resolve it today you know, or yeah. like we, I don't believe going to sleep upset because I don't know about you, but I have the weirdest dreams and I, I either I can't sleep or I have nightmares. Or she cheated on you, right? <laughs> she cheated on you. <laughs> it, it's, but yeah, no, to your point, like communication is so important. Pride and ego. You, you said that in the last tip too, how, and, and I was thinking this is so, uh, this is a big, I think challenge for men well for anybody really that pride and ego is such a hard thing to put aside you know growing up i i played like a tough sport rugby and you know pride is 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 a big part of that sport you know and but also gentlemen you know be kind when you lose you have to be also gracious and stuff but pride is is something else and so it's hard in a relationship to you not that you want to be right but you don't want to be wrong you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so yeah. it was definitely an adjustment that we learned over the phone, uh, but it sounds like you learned too. And, and so, yeah, it just came to my mind. And I wanted to ask you if you, <laughs> you When I think a lot of relationships come down to habits as well. We're in the habit of, you're, you know, because I, I know this is so off topic as struggles, and I guess marriage is kind of struggles. <laughs> when people say, there's nothing that makes me cringe more when people say, well, that's just part of marriage. I'm like, mm. no, sister. That is not just part of marriage. You have made that part of your marriage. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a believer in, oh, well, we fell out of love. We've been married for 20 years. That's just part of marriage. Mm-hmm. No, I've been married for 16 years approaching that and we're still in love. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's not that it's just throw your hands up and say it's part of marriage. No, mm-hmm. you've made that part of your marriage. Do not make that seem like mm-hmm. it's a common thing. It's common in your marriage. Yeah. You know, so fighting and, and name calling and yelling that's not normal in a marriage. Yeah. You made it normal. Yeah. But that applies to all relationships, right? Like, you know, why I'm, I'm digging into this is because like not only, you know, a big struggle that we all can share is relationships, whether that yeah. be with your parents, your siblings, your friends, your uh, spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. We've all been there and we've all had those struggles, right? Yeah. And so your tips and like, can literally apply to them, like putting your ego aside, you know, like realizing, Hey, did this, do they do this on purpose is an environmental situation that resulted in us like the coronavirus. Now we're stuck indoors. Okay. Now we're seeing each other a lot more, you know, maybe we're arguing a lot more. Why are we arguing? And you get to the root cause, right? So this is such a um, important thing that I think a lot of people who are listening probably have been through or are going through, right? Relationships and your advice about that, it applies to any relationship. And I know I have friends, really good friends who don't have a relationship with their father, you know, how sad that might be. And, and this could help them get through that. Right. So, I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, love it. Love it. All right. So I'll share number four. This will make you stronger. Put it on repeat. So mm. I love Kane Brown. So you put that on repeat like you do Kane <laughs> Brown's song. Like honestly, Which when song? I what song I have to ask. Heaven is it oh, Heaven? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know if it's called Heaven, but yeah, that I, one. I know the song you mean. <laughs> love it, love it. But he just seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. Um, but I think that a little bit of a pep talk when we're struggling, it can go a long ways. And so um, I have seven reminders, but number four and number seven, when I am really struggling, I'm like, forget all the other ones. Sometimes I can only hold on to that one. Mm. It, number four was this will make me stronger. This will make me stronger. This Again, it goes back to using your struggle instead of being used by it. 
And I may not know when it will make me stronger or how it's going to make me stronger, but I know that if I apply my formula and my reminders and I find the lesson, I got to find the lesson and apply it to my life, then I'm going to be stronger and better because of it. And so put that on repeat, put it on repeat. It Mm -hmm. really, really helps. It really, really helps. Um, And then number five, remember that one time you got through, you got this. So in my book, I talk about that everybody really needs to be able to identify their ultimate struggle. Now, mine was cancer. And in my book, I'm like, what's your ultimate cancer? You know, Mm -hmm. because everyone has their cancer that they've Mm -hmm. gone through. Um, And to to know what that is and use it in a good way. So when I'm struggling, like in in January, when it was, could have been cancer again, and I've gone through a bunch of other issues as well, or health issues and stuff. You know, something I remind myself is if I could get through cancer, Mm-hmm. I can get through this because mm-hmm. cancer was my hardest. Um, that doesn't mean that one day our hardest struggle won't be replaced. Mm-hmm. That is very possible. I'm like, please, I've, I've been through it. I've done it. Let's not replace the hardest one. Um, but it can be, but be just identify that ultimate struggle to remind ourselves. Mm-hmm. I went through that. Mm-hmm. I can get through this. That mm-hmm. is just um, powerful for me. And then in January when it was a cancer scare, um, because you look, me sharing this stuff with you, I'm not perfect at it. I still struggle sometimes to use my own tips and, and advice and stuff. Um, and so what was going through my mind was, okay, Tracy, you went through cancer again. So if this is cancer, you can do it. You, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do it, but I don't want to do it. And you did it <laughs> with, a, with you it. did it while you're pregnant, <laughs> while going through a divorce, like all these things, like my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it helped, but I, I did, I did for about a week or so. I was a, a wreck in January because I'm like, mm. it, it was scary, you know, because when I was 18, I didn't know the reality of cancer as an adult, have, having gone through it, mm-hmm. I knew the reality of it. And that scared the crap out of me. Did it take you long <laughs> to bounce back? Like what, what made you like, obviously you got the news, right? Mm-hmm. You're processing it. Your husband's away at the moment. Like did it take you that month to really kind of rationalize it or get through it? No, it didn't. Um, I think for me in struggles, I tend to bounce back um, fairly quickly because ever since I've kind of discovered and come up with my formula, I use it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I have proof of that I'm strong and I can get through these things. And so I think for about a week, maybe two, I was very emotional and crying and I did marinate in fear. Fear is not good. We don't want to marinate it, but I, I did because I was worried. I knew the reality and I didn't want to do it again. Um, but I was, you know, I, I worked my formula as I was writing that happened as I was writing my book about this, that I was going through all of that. And it's wow. actually, the whole story is, is my last chapter in my book. Um, so that's how we close out. I start with cancer and then I finish out with a possibility. Um, so no, I, I tend to think that I kind of, I, I'm not perfect at it, mm-hmm. at struggles, of course. Thing, but I do feel like because I've been so intentional and I've learned so much and I've um, really apply it mm-hmm. that I do think I'm someone who kind of comes back from them fairly quickly. And you created a system in place to help with that because we are imperfect people, everyone, yeah. right? Yeah. And doesn't matter who you are. Tony Robbins is not perfect, you know? So you have to create it. You you said routine, I call it system, something Uh to keep you accountable, to keep you reminding you. How do you remind yourself? Is it like posted everywhere in your house or is it just a notebook that you have? With my struggles? Yeah, the the reminders you talked about, yeah. So so I I kind of have a memorize, like especially Mm -hmm. with number four and number seven, those kind of just put on repeat, but I won't lie. The one in January, I did get out my list because I do have a little list right Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. and I went through them. Mm -hmm. And the thing with what I'm sharing is with the reminders, you may not use them all with every single struggle. And that's okay. I just want to give people enough tools where they can kind of pick and choose. And then maybe you will use them all or maybe half or whatever. Mm -hmm. With the one that, with the struggle that I went through in January, I only used two. Mm-hmm. At first, I mean, I did lean on my husband, but it was, okay, this is going to make me stronger mm-hmm. and I can use, um, I can use it to help others, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, there were just a few that really stood out to me mm-hmm. and that I did. And then I'll share number five is, no, we already did number five. Number six, <laughs> focus on a solution to the struggle. So I used to be really bad at focusing on the struggle. And all that did was make the struggle so much bigger than what it actually was. And so I tell people, I'm like, just, you know, when you stare at something in, in your room, like hardcore, what, one thing that is in the room, just focus on it. 
And you'll notice that when you're focusing on that one thing, everything around it becomes blurry, Mm -hmm. everything. When, if you focus on the solution right next to your problem, there could be the solution just one centimeter away, but it's Mm. blurry. You don't see it Mm. because you are so focused on your struggle that that is like laser focus. You see nothing around tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. You can't see it. Um, and so I am a believer that what we focus on, we get more of right. Um, and so if you focus on the solution, instead of the problem, instead of the struggle, instead of the setback, I mean, I use struggle, but I'm talking, you know, trials, tribulation, Mm -hmm. challenges, whatever word you want to put on it. Mm -hmm. Um, that when you focus on a solution, I think that really helps it. It, it just turns it right. It turns your perspective. It changes your approach and everything. Turns it to like a goal, right? Like you're changing it from the problem to, Mm -hmm. okay, uh, the solution. How do I get the solution? Not how do I get to the problem? You, you know what I mean? I love that. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. a flip, right? Yep, absolutely. And it doesn't mean that we have to dismiss our feelings about it or mm-hmm. we don't, it doesn't mean we can't even say, you know what? This really sucks. Yeah. Some stuff really sucks. We mm-hmm. can say that, mm-hmm. but now what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on it and it's going to get worse and it's just going to seem so big. Or can we start looking, okay, how can I get through this? How can mm-hmm. I, you know, navigate and maneuver through it. So that one. And then number seven is use what you went through to help others get through. Mm. I love that one because I love sharing with other stuff that I've gone through to help them. If I can shorten someone's learning curve, Mm. I'm all about it. Learn from me, learn from my mistakes. Let me share it with you. Um, I just believe that as humans, we acquire all this knowledge and how selfish of us to hoard it. Mm-hmm. And not to share any of it. So if we're going to learn and we're going to be able to get through it, we, we've learned something. You got through it, right? Mm-hmm. You're intentional and stuff. And then you can turn around and help other people who are walking the path you once did. So those are my seven reminders that I pull from and that I share and that are in my book. And it really comes down to, I have a very simple formula and I'll share that. It's struggle mm-hmm. plus reflection equals lesson. Now, when we apply that lesson to our lives, so applied lesson means we're growing as human beings. And when we're growing as human beings, it means we're progressing. And for me and most everybody I know, progressing equals happiness. And so when I'm talking about this, I tell people, really struggle equals happiness if you work my formula. Mm, I like Just that. a different way of looking at struggles instead of saying, oh, there's setbacks or it's holding me back or it's using me, it's using me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's use it now. Let's mm-hmm. work the formula. Let's go through the reminders. Let's learn the lesson. And now that struggle has actually just led to happiness. Mm. And maybe not right away, you know, and that's okay, but eventually. I love that. I'm going to put that on the screen. I'm going to try my best to put uh, what you said and make it so that visually they can see that equation. But it's, yeah. it's 100% like everything you're saying really is like, I can only apply it to my experience, but it does like, all the struggles I have when I look back at it and I laugh because it's like, Oh, it's nothing. It's a piece of cake compared to like what you're going through. Right. But it is, it, it creates perspective. It creates um, different points of view and, and, and you grow because of it. Like I'm me because of those struggles. Right. So, yeah. and I'm happier. I, I came into this profession because of those things, because I asked those questions and then it all came down to this, maybe this moment or beyond, but whatever. Right. I, I love it. It's so cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I'll make sure that we, you know, um, I put out all the tips because obviously mm-hmm. I was interjecting throughout the tips. So I'll make sure our viewers see them visually so they can keep track of what uh, tip we're on. But yeah. And I'll just shoot it over to you too. I can shoot it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. so wonderful. I, I mean, everything you said, I, I couldn't agree more on, honestly. And um, is there any kind of final thoughts that you have in mind? Something you want to share? Uh, we're we're g- getting to the end of the hour kind of podcast, but I want to make sure you have the floor to share anything and let people know how they can get in touch with you. Um, yeah, my final thought would be just to know you're not alone. If, if you're going through the struggle, so is somebody else. And it's okay to talk about it. Um, I often t- find that when we talk about it, then we don't feel alone because the other person who we're talking to is like, Oh, I've been through that too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so talk about it mm-hmm. and it's okay. And I don't, you know, so 
I talk about my struggles on social media, but I think I do it in a way that isn't negative or draining and pulling people down. So I do believe if we're going to talk about our struggles, especially on social media, do it in a way that's uplifting, you know, and inspiring. And oftentimes I have found that doing that is to don't just say, oh my gosh, today sucks, whatever, right? It's okay to, it's okay to own that and say, this really sucks me, but, but, and then put what you learned because that's inspiring, Mm -hmm. right? That is inspiring. Oh my gosh, she went through this, but look what she's learned from it. You know what I mean? So talk about it. Totally okay to talk about it. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Tracy Farron, um, and Instagram and oh my gosh, just got on TikTok. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> I am. Yes. My stepdaughter uh, introduced me to it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get off. I got like other things to do. It's yeah. just, it's funny. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just crazy. So I just got on there, Tracy yeah. D. Farron. But, and then my book is on um, Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can get it up struggle, Tracy Farron That's so on cool. Amazon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Just to touch on kind of what you said, <laughs> TikTok. I love TikTok. It's so much fun. <laughs> no, it, it, it's so true. And, and we, we all, you know, there's someone in your life that you can always depend on. And it's amazing once you actually express what the struggles are. And uh, my girlfriend and I literally watched like <laughs> a, a funny reality show, just like, you know, just for putting on something on the TV as we we're having dinner or whatever. And I, I kind of liked what they did. They wrote out the words that they were, um, that people called them. So ugly, fat, stupid. And then they talked about them and then washed it off. And although this is a reality show and, you know, it's supposed to be funny and, and, but I find that very powerful. Like the fact that you're writing out the word, it could be on paper. It doesn't have to be in your skin and you're addressing that this is something that I'm fearful of. This is something that's holding me back. Like you said, like you can talk to people about it, whatever mean that is, if it's posting on social media, Mm -hmm. if it's consigning in a best friend and a loved one, you can that is the first and best step I found in my life and, and really enlightening me to a better knowing myself better and then working on myself better. Right. So yeah. it's so cool that you say that and kind of like a last thing, the advice I got when, you know, talking about your struggles on social media, um, <laughs> cause I, I make videos, right. Uh, the advice given to me is like, treat your videos. Like if it was a movie, you know, a movie is a story and there's always a peak of the challenge, but there's always a lesson at the end. Mm-hmm. So when you're writing a post, taking a picture, sharing something of yourself, you know, think about that. Okay. What's like you said, always make sure you, you have a, but at the end of it, there is mm-hmm. a challenge. There's a climax to the action of the movie, but always have that life lesson, always have that happy ending, or at least going towards that. And then it's a sequel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <You> know, so <laughs> I agree. And, and it applies, I think, to our conversation. If you're posting on social media or, or talking about your story, if you're making videos like myself, and it was a great kind of structure for myself to now I know how to tell a story and tell a message. Right. So I don't know. Last thoughts uh, for me uh, after uh, what you said. So love it. Love it. Thank you. Awesome. So again, thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on the making it podcast. It was so wonderful to have you. Um, I love talking to you. It was awesome. And I learned a lot. Those seven tips, please send to me and I will make sure I add it in and put a URL to the book on Amazon so they can purchase it right from the video. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you. I was excited. I was glad to be here. Thank you so much. That's us signing off.